Well, welcome back, everybody. We're GFBS. We're Grand Fork's best source here on a Wednesday. Time now for our weekly podcast with Berkshire Hathaway. And um, there we go. Listen to a little dirty horse for you. Uh, we'd like to introduce and welcome to the studio Adam Helgeson. How you doing, man? I am doing better than I deserve. How you doing? Uh, we are doing just great. Uh, how long you been with Berkshire Hathaway there, Adam? Uh, not long enough. They're a great company. I think I switched. I started with Keller Williams, and I switched over to them three years ago. Oh, okay. And it's uh, it's been absolutely amazing. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's not just a clever name. They are like one big family. We're all helping each other out, and it's. It's a great place to work. Yeah. You have got a uh, pretty cool background. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, uh, I originally grew up in Crookston, Minnesota. Crook Rock. Yes. Yeah. The, the metropolis. <laughs> if you haven't been there, you're not missing much. Um, I've been there. <laughs> uh, I was going to go to school for architecture, architectural design. Mm-hmm. Uh, loved that in high school. They had an awesome high school program. Um, I actually helped out with Seth Smith and Nolting my senior year doing 3D walkthroughs and stuff. Oh, Okay. Which was cool. Um, parents offered to pay for it, and I said no. So I joined the military to pay for my college. I ended up loving that, and I just retired after 20 years of active military service. Grand Fork's best source thanks you. Yes, uh, yeah, it was a blast. I, I got pretty lucky. Yeah? Where'd you, where'd you get to go? Uh, my first duty station, I was trying to get to Germany because I like to travel, mm-hmm. um, but they sent me to an island instead, so I spent three years in Hawaii. Oh, bummer. I know, right? Yeah. It's rough. Um, you do, uh, you do get sick of sitting on a rock, though. I did get bored and drive laps around the island. Okay, it was, uh, it yeah, was a good time. Yep, um, got to go to Japan twice, Guam, Samoa, Alaska. You know, probably hit at least you know forty some of the fifty states. Wow. Um, volunteered for deployment three times. Um, never got to go. Never got to go. I haven't figured it out either. I was a crappy infantry guy or a good recruiter. <laughs> I was uh, I was trying to get to Ranger School, uh, mm-hmm. repelling out of helicopters, and I blew up my knee. Oh so, boy! You know, I was actually a recruiter up here in Grand Forks for the active duty army, and then um, went military police and messed up my knee again. So I had the majority of my career in the recruiting field. So, wow! Uh, again, thank you. Uh, and I know what you're talking about with the knee thing. I've had four knee surgeries myself, and uh, and oh, I'm wow. looking at more too. So. Um, so I would guess uh, you're kind of like the VA loans expert at Berkshire Hathaway. Is that right? Kind of. Yeah, I've used my own six times. Um, okay. So, yeah, every time I moved with the military, I, I got a new, bought a house, mm-hmm. especially with dogs and stuff. And um, I'm not a fan of living on base. Yeah. The base housing. And so, yeah, it's nice to have a place to call your own. You're not throwing money away in rent. So, you know, using that VA loan is definitely a, a big perk of being in the military. Um, a lot of people don't really know how to use it or how to qualify for it. And it's a lot, a lot easier than they, they think. Okay. So. And, 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 you know, that's a, that's a great um, thing to talk about because we get a lot of people here, of course, with the Grand Forks Air Force Base that uh, they choose to retire right here in Grand Forks. And Sorry. <laughs> they choose wow. to retire right here in Grand Forks. And you know what? Uh, they're probably like you and sick of living on base. Maybe they're not sure where they're going to be going, if they're going to get deployed or if they're going to get transferred and they decide they're going to retire here in Grand Forks, uh, they would talk to you. And wh- what would the start be for them? Um, you know, there's there's multiple lenders out there as far as getting, you know, the pre-approval letter. The, the Grand Forks market right now is definitely a seller's market. The, we're, we're short on inventory, and, you know, the interest rates are so low. So you want to have that pre-approval letter before you go, go looking. Mm-hmm. Um, 
A lot of people think you have to use like USAA or Veterans United companies to get a VA loan. That is totally not true. Pretty okay. Every lender can get a VA loan. All it is is it's a federally backed loan. Um, All right. So, so, so if somebody like they have no clue, um, have no clue who to talk to, who the lender would be, can they, I, I mean, I'm sure you work a lot with a lot of different uh, Absol- lenders. Yep, absolutely. Yep, give me a call. Um, there's some lenders I prefer. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's because they okay. treat my customers the way I want to see them be treated. Um, so, yeah, I can get you in touch with some lenders that would definitely help you out. Um, you have to get your COE, which is your c- certificate of eligibility for the VA loan. Um, there's a couple different ways you can do it. You can go online and go through the government hoopla process, and it takes, you know, yeah. up to three weeks. Okay. Or <clears throat> most lenders have a program they can type in your social security number and have it in 30 seconds. Oh, wow. So, yeah, don't do the government hoopla thing. Get a hold of the lender, and they can pull it. Yeah, and that's, that's a guy who worked for the government for 20 years saying oh, that. That's man, it's government paperwork is not fun. Um, actually, just accepted a part-time position at the airbase. Oh, so, did you? Yeah. <laughs> so I get to do more government paperwork. But all the, all the transitioning airmen that are getting out, I'm going to be out there teaching classes as far as transitioning into civilian life, oh, wow. building, um, just helping them transition out of the military into the civilian sector. Was, uh, was it a big transition for you? Not too much. Um, I was in the recruiting realm for so long, you know, being away from military installations. Um, my last, in 2000, from 2011 till this year, I actually switched over and I was a full-time National Guard soldier. So I was a re- uh, recruiter on the South Washington. They were oh, sure. Village. Yep. Okay. So, Try, trying to figure out where I've seen you before. And um, uh, maybe it was at an event or something and you were there recruiting. I'm not sure. but uh, it'd be Usually for girls when they say that it's from your dreams, but I yeah. that's not your case. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't have a thing for realtors, really. Yeah, no. <laughs> Not anymore, anyway. My wife's going to love that comment. Uh, um, tell us, what is MRP, uh, Adam? MRP is a, a designation realtors can get just to help understand the military process. Okay. Um, it's called a military relocation professional. Just understanding you know, what it takes for a military transfer, all that type of stuff. Of course, I lived it for 20 years, mm-hmm. so the course was pretty easy for me, but... For most realtors that don't have any experience with the military, it's just a way for them to figure out how the military moves to work. Okay. With having their household goods packed up and, you know, relocation process. So I actually work with quite a few every year of military members that contact me ahead of time saying, hey, we're coming in from Germany. We're coming in from Hawaii. Um, can you help us? So I do like Skype showings with them. I go through the home inspection as if it's my house. I nitpick everything. Um, and I have the closing date lined up for the day they arrive. So like last summer, I had a family fly in from Germany. They landed an hour later. We're over at the title company signing for their house. Wow. And they went straight to their house. So it gives them a place for their household goods to get shipped. They have everything lined up ahead of time. You know, I had another one we closed uh, two weeks ago. And they just arrived on the 6th. Um, so I was had my lawn guy taking care of their lawn. I went through, um, you know, the, the wife mentioned she was allergic to cats. So I had the carpet shampooed for them. So it was clean when they got there and just took care of the place for them until they could get here. Then I met them, gave them their keys and, you know, did a tour with them. So it's just 
going above and beyond to make sure these military clients are taken care of it. That's kind of my passion. So as far as a transition goes into getting into a house and getting out of the military, uh, as long as you are involved, there's not a whole lot of transition. It sounds like uh, you you got to do a lot of legwork for that. It is, It's but it's, like I said, I love helping people, and that's why I loved when I was a military recruiter. Um, I had recruited, they lost track at 290 people into the military. Um and all the years I was doing it, I never had one complaint that I lied to them, and I never had any investigations against me like most recruiters do. Yeah. So I am known to be very blunt. I, I tell it how it is. I don't sugarcoat it or pressure you into getting a house. I want to make sure you find the right house that's going to be, you know, fit your needs the best. You so. know, that seems to be the ongoing theme with uh, everybody we've talked to at Berkshire Hathaway that uh, – uh, you guys are really the professionals when it comes to this. Um, I, I like the fact that you stated uh, I like some lenders better than others. And and your preference, uh, you've been doing this for a while now. So um, another one of the reasons that makes you guys so good. Yeah. I actually invited one of my preferred lenders to come with me today. Oh, okay. Um, you know, he is so knowledgeable in the VA loans, but uh, they're so busy. Oh, I suppose. Like, I was like, if you're bored tomorrow, you want to come with? He's like, bored? Hell, I've been working until like 10 o'clock every night. Oh, just man. To keep up, so. Yeah, a lot of people, when you invite them on in front of the cameras, they, they come up with an excuse. <laughs> oh, no, this is an excuse with the yep. rate so low. There's so many people oh, I refinancing. Bet. I mean, a VA right now, you can get a VA loan for like 2.7. Wow. Um, 30 year conventional is even 2.89. I mean, that's dang near free money for a house. If you're yeah. 30, 30 year mortgage at two under two. That's nuts. So you mentioned um, it's a buyer's market right now. Yes. What about a seller's market? What's what, If it's a buyer's well, market, well, it must be a seller's market, right? Well, I mean, it's a seller's market. Oh, right or a now. seller's market, yeah. yeah. So that means there's more buyers than inventory. Okay, right? okay. So with that, a lot of agents will try and jack up the price of the house. They're like, well, it's, oh. a, seller. it's a seller's market. You, sure. You can get more for this. But there's a danger to that, too. You know, and that's a talk I had with my clients saying, okay, well, they wanted to go 30 grand higher. And it's like, okay, well, if you jump 30 grand higher, you know, is it going to appraise? Because, you know, the appraiser has to do the valuation. Mm -hmm. And then if it's too high for the market, it's going to get a stigma and sit. You know, I had a client, too, that did that a couple years ago. The shingles were bad. And I was like, hey, dude, I highly recommend replacing these shingles. He's like, no, I just want to negotiate that in, let them deal with it. Well, the house sat all summer, and finally winter came, and every feedback we got was like the roof. So in the middle of January, this kid's like, hey, uh, do you think we can get the roof fixed? I'm like, well, not, not now. <laughs> Maybe next spring. Yeah. You know, so just making sure the house is prepared. Um, like the, the last few I've had had sold within 24 hours, and – the clients all got a hold of me ahead of time. I went through, walked through the house with them, said, hey, I would do this. I would pull this big wardrobe chest out of here, rearrange the furniture. You know, cleanliness is key. Mm -hmm. You know, paint this, fix this. You know what I mean? And, and get it ready, kind of stage it, but with their own furniture. And, sure. You know, fix little things and make sure it's ready. Yeah. And if you do that, your, your house is going to sell. Yeah. I mean, you know, oh. Yeah, that's uh, actually, I was going to ask you about that too, because when I was looking at houses, uh, a lot of the things that I encountered was I'd find one, but then all of a sudden it'd have, you know, six offers on it overnight and these things would sell like in 24 hours. And I mean, yeah. that's a, that's a hard, 
thing to do. I mean, it's hard to make a commitment on such a giant purchase in yeah. a matter of a day. I mean, so how do you go about, you know, explaining that? You know, and that's, you just have to be ready. You know, when you're, when you're looking at houses, you pretty much know within the first minute or so of walking in there whether, you know what I mean, this is going to be, you can see this as being a home or not. Um, for me, I'm kind of used to it with the military. The wife and I would drive to a new town, look at five houses, and we'd pick which one we're going to live in for the next couple of years, you mm-hmm. know. But for most people, it is a big decision. But, you know, you just kind of have to weigh your options. A lot of people are like, well, I want to wait. Maybe, maybe a new one will come out next week, or maybe a new one will come on the market tomorrow. You can never play that guessing game. Yeah. Because, you know, you may like a house and be like, well, God, let's, let's sleep on it for a couple of days. Well, now that house is gone. And now nothing like it comes back up for yeah. a while. Now you're kicking yourself. You might like that house, but so might 30 other people. Exactly. If it's a good deal, you know. Is there any type of um, like safety guard to that? Though? I mean, if you make an offer on this thing because you don't want to lose it, but then you go in next week and you're like, oh, man, uh, it need, needs a new water heater. It needs a new oh, blood. Yeah, you of know? course. So every offer is usually contingent on three things. Okay. And. So you put down earnest money, and earnest money is your good faith effort that you're not just going to back out and buy another house, okay? Uh, if you do, the seller gets to keep that money. Mm-hmm. But it's also contingent on financing. So if for some reason your financing falls through, you can back out and get that money back, okay? It's also contingent on a home inspection, which I highly recommend. Um, you don't have to get a home inspection. That's not part of the process. That's on you. Um, very rarely will I recommend someone do it without a home inspection. Even new construction should get a home inspection. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the best, you know, three to $400 peace of mind you can spend. So once that home inspection is complete, right, you get your full report of the deficiencies with that house. At that time, you have three options. You can try and renegotiate the contract to get XYZ fixed. Um, you can accept the house in its current condition if it's good. Or you can just say, I'm done, and, and walk away. And know? then it just goes back on the market again? Then it just goes back on the market. Okay. So that's why if you see listings, like my brother called me last night, and he saw when it said active contingent. That's usually because the home inspection, it, it has an accepted offer, but the home inspection hasn't been completed yet. Okay. Another reason you'll see active contingent is if there's an accepted offer, but let's say you have to sell your house because you're upgrading. Right? So... If it's active contingent on a home sale, right? Let's say I'm selling my house to upgrade to a bigger one, right? So I have an accepted offer and a selling, but my house isn't selling. Yep. You can come in and buy the house I have an offer on as long as you don't have to sell your house. Mm-hmm. So then you can come steal that house from me pretty much. Um, but then I, let's say you put in an accepted offer. I would have like 48 to 72 hours to get mine under contract or else they can go with your offer. Okay. So uh, when when I bought my last house, um, it was I put them, you know, the the earnest money or whatever. Um, they accepted our offer, but it was on contingency that they hadn't found a place to live yet. Yep. So what we did was basically swap house payments for a couple of months. Um, they actually rented my house that was their house from me until they could buy or find a house so it was it was a good you know four or five months before uh we actually got to move in yeah and i i kind of frown against that Mm -hmm. you know what i mean because let's say that the seller says yep i i can't sell till i find a place to live i understand that you know what i mean but 
now you have a buyer that wants your house sitting there waiting. Yeah. Now, if you can't find anything for six months, they're just sitting there stagnant for six months. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so. And, uh, well, it kind of worked out both ways, too, because we hadn't, it was such a spur-of-the-moment deal. Just took a ride, saw a place we liked, and decided to put the money down, you know, and, and <laughs> yeah. all of a sudden we'll take it while we hadn't even talked about putting our house on the market yet. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it could be a while. It, 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 that happens sometimes. Yeah. You know, I had one uh, at an um, eight-and-a-half-acre farmstead listed out by Portland, North Dakota. Mm-hmm. Absolutely awesome farm if i could have talked my wife to moving out there i would have bought it yeah um, but it just so happened same thing someone was on a sunday drive saw my sign went and looked at it fell in love with it you know and we already had an accepted offer but it was contingent on them selling well they came in um over asking price cash wow and i'm like yeah that that, that works yeah <laughs> that, that works uh i take it that you grew up in the country do you prefer to live out in the country I would love to. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I grew up on a farm up by Crookston. We had 400 acres right along the Red Lake River hunting and fishing. And yep. Yeah, I love that. Um, unfortunately, the wife grew up on a farm out by Oakwood, North Dakota, okay. in the middle of nowhere. Oh, yeah. that's The farming out there is a little bit different than yes. farms around here in the valley. Yeah, and she hated it because mm-hmm. she could never see her friends. She yep. was stuck out in the middle of nowhere. So she hated living in the country. Mm-hmm. So. You know, for the sake of it, uh, you know, I was like, okay, we'll build on the edge of town. So we actually built on the edge of town, and now we're in town in six years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, you're going to be surrounded. It spread quick. Mm-hmm. So. I, I take it you're not on the north end. No. No, we're, we're back uh, right behind All Seasons Garden Center. And oh, addition. sure. We yep. were the first ones to build right there. And now okay. there's that addition and like two past us already in six years. Wow. So it's, As- as a realtor, what would your uh, your recommendation be if somebody wanted to get a house out in the country? Or as I mean, if you know, it was just because me and my wife. I mean, we want to get out in the country, but at the same time, it's like, eh, is that really something that's doable? It is, you know. So if you're looking at a country property close to Grand Forks, you're going to pay for it. Mm. You know what I mean? Because a lot of people want to get out there, but you got to think too. Once you get out, you get county taxes instead of city taxes. So, like, I think my taxes are dang near six grand a year. Where if my property was in the country, it'd probably be, you know, two grand a year. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, so that has a big impact on your payment as well. Um, we actually, uh, Katie Marcotte just listed a 12 and a half acre property um, just outside of town. Absolutely gorgeous. Um, I want to say it's 395, but if. Where 32nd meets Airport Road. Mm-hmm. I think you go two miles south and a half mile east out there. So it's really close to town. Beautiful property. I don't, it just came on the market last night, I think. So I don't see that one lasting long because good property just outside of Grand Forks goes very quickly. You know, the, the, the county taxes might be cheaper than the city taxes, but, um, you know, the, the ladies that were in here last week from Berkshire Hathaway. Uh, and they hit this on the head because I live out in the country and I got a long driveway that just seems like it's just a suck hole for snow um, and five and three quarter acres. A lot of work involved, too, when you live out in the country compared yeah. to what you would have in Grand Forks. Snowblower you got, a 24-inch snowblower you have in town here, that's great until you move out in the country. So a lot of people don't think of that either. Yeah, yeah, you got to have the tractors and stuff to do it. My wife makes fun of me because I have a... I mean, a decent side yard for in town, and I got a, what is it, 42-inch zero turn? Oh, yeah, yeah. I can do my lawn and my neighbor's lawn in 10 minutes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so. 
Can you do it one-handed? <laughs> well, no, the zero. That's what I don't like about the zero turn. Oh, you, you got the levers. Hands, yep. So yep. that's why you have the camel back with the hose coming around. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I I originally bought a tractor style because I thought about putting a snowblower on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I got a four wheeler with a with a plow. We got a skid steer. With the neighbors and my other neighbors got a side by side with a plow. But now, after planting another fifteen to twenty trees in my yard. I really want a zero turn now, but it's got to have the steering wheel because, yeah, you know. Yeah, you yeah. got to have one hand free. Yeah, you got to have or one. Else you can get one the hard hats with the can on each side. With oh, the yeah. Straw. There you go. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The only thing is, though, it shakes so much that it shakes it flat. Oh, that's yeah, not, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> that's when not you, good. When you get out in the country, too, I mean, you got to run off of natural gas and stuff, too, right? And Well, yeah, you got the propane out there. Yeah, you got your propane refills. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and if you're lucky, you can get uh, rural water. Which I have rural water and I absolutely love it. Pretty much all of yeah. areas rural water. I mean, when we grew up, it was well water. Yep. And not a big fan of it. Uh, the brown bathtubs and 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 yeah. the my itchy parents, skin and well, yeah. my parents are still on well water mm-hmm. and uh, you know it kind of explains why I am. But they got their water tested and it was like thirty percent arsenic. Oh I'm boy! Like, oh, yeah, well, yeah that good. explains a lot, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you are. Uh, you mentioned houses are selling fast, uh, interest rates are low. Uh, what would you say to the people out there right now if they're thinking of selling? What what get a hold of you right away? What would they do? Yeah, just get a hold of me. I'd come over and take a look at your property. Um, you know, we would. I like to look at a property. Some agents come in with their you know market analysis spreadsheet of what they would list it at before they even go. You know, at the first time mm-hmm. they meet you, I don't like doing that. I want to get what your house is before, um, you know, I give you that market analysis. So many people are realtors are competing against other realtors. I don't see it that way. You know, realtors, we should be working together. Now houses are competing against other houses, right? So it's about finding what's unique about your house and using that in a marketing standpoint, you know, because what's going to set your house apart from the one down the street that's for sale for the same price Mm -hmm. And, and emphasizing that. Like I just listed one. It's a totally unique property. Um, it's 1209 First Street, and it used to be a, a commercial building. So it used to be the overhead door company. Oh, and sure. this couple bought it in 05. So through the, the fall of 05 and summer of 06, they converted it and built a custom um, two-bed, two-bath house in the front. Very unique layout. Every inch was thought of as far as storage. And then you walk through the back door, and it's a 1,470-square-foot workshop. Wow. So he does custom cabinetry back there, whatever. Um, But the front yard is just paved parking, and the backyard is just a little gravel area all fenced in. And, you know, it's going to take a a special buyer. We've already had two offers on it in the first, you know, five days. But it's finding that niche and marketing it. So And there's something to be said about not having to mow either. Yeah. How, do, how does that work? I mean, so can you show any house that you want or do realtors have certain houses that they can only sell? How- no, I'm uh, so I'm licensed in Minnesota, North Dakota. So any house that's for sale, I can I can help you with. Um, most realtors, too, are, are part of like So each designated area has their own multiple listing system. So there's like the Grand Forks multiple listing, the Fargo, um, the North region, which is based out of Bemidji. Um, there's one in St. Cloud, one in Jamestown that covers those specific areas. Well, I'm a member of three of them. I'm a member of Fargo, Grand Forks, and Bemidji. 
So my unique properties like that one, I listed on all three uh, MLSs because who knows, there may be someone in Fargo that wants to open up their own small business, you know, or have a home-based business that could really use that workshop or like I have the Maple Lake Pavilion listed for sale. Well, that's going to take a unique buyer too. So I want that, you know, as widely advertised as as possible. I want to uh, get back to this Maple Lake Pavilion thing. Uh, Dwayne Sandin was a hell of a guy. Um, and now, <clears throat> excuse me, it's being listed. Does does the pavilion need a lot of work, or is it in okay shape? <clears throat> Depends upon what you want to use it for. Um, so it's a three-acre, just over a three-acre property with 300 feet of lakeshore. Um, it's got a two-bedroom house, a two-car garage, and then the pavilion. So it's zoned as residential, but it has a conditional use permit for mm-hmm. the pavilion itself to have, like, dances and yep, stuff. Yep, yep. That kitchen... You're not able to have a full kitchen in there. Of course, they can bring in crock pots and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, the it, it's a cool building. Yeah, now, it is. I had someone interested. They were going to actually put in an offer and put a restaurant out there. Um, and they had gone through the county and all that, and then COVID hit. So yeah. the restaurant they had had to close, and oh, they boy. didn't know what was going on. Um, and you know, I've actually been in a few of the county commission meetings in Crookston, uh, regarding the Maple Lake Pavilion, Dwayne was in there getting the permits for the big uh, Johnny Holmes show that used to be there every year. And I do know that the Polk County Commission, uh, they've always worked really good with, with Dwayne. And uh, I would imagine they're going to keep doing the same thing with whoever gets the pavilion and, and does what they want to do with it, I would think. Yeah, I know. I've had people that were thinking about buying it and then trying to you know break the property apart because mm-hmm. they don't want the full three acres and like rezoning it. And, you know, giving that residential house some of the lake frontage and keeping the pavilion just for weddings and stuff, Mm -hmm. nostalgia. Um, I know this summer there's nothing planned. There's going to be no dances. There's going to be nothing. It's just going to be... For the first time in... First time in, oh, I don't know how many years. You know, back in in my parents' day, uh, the Everly Brothers used to play there. Roy Orberson, Buddy Holly. I mean, Mm -hmm. the the, the history of that building alone and... uh, uh, good to see Dwayne too. Uh, you know, if that thing sells and it goes into the trust or whatever, uh, that's one thing about Dwayne. He always took care of the people that that you know helped him. Yeah, no, it's a it's good property. It's going to be sad to see it go or whatever happens. To yeah, it. I hope it stays around. But yeah, um, you ever been like miles apart with somebody you're working with? Uh, say, for example, if they want to sell their house and they they throw out a number to you and you kind of chuckle and go, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, that's not going to happen." Or do you kind of come up with a happy medium? Or what happens there? You know, I... I mean, you you would know more about what the house is probably worth than the people that own it do. So yeah. what happens then? I, I'm blunt with them. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? If ultimately you're hiring me to sell your house, so I will do whatever you want me to. You know what I mean? Within reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, some people... They, they think they have an emotional attachment to their home. And they're like, well, I mean, this has got to be a $350,000 house. And I'm right. like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe if you put it in uh, downtown New York. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know. And then you have other people like, I want a three-bedroom, two-bath house with a two-car garage, fenced yard. My budget's eighty grand. It's like, not going to happen. Yeah. Where do you want to live again? Yeah. Well, that actually brings up a question that I have um, with something I'm doing with my house currently. So uh, 
if you were to put your house on the market and so like my uh, floors need to be completely redone. Um, so I was going to, you know, install all new, uh, you know, the floating laminate flooring. Yep. Um, so, you know, when people walk in, it looks nice, but would you invest the money to do that to make it look nice? Or would you just, because if they don't like that flooring, then you're kind of, you kind of, you know, just threw money away. It really depends, you know, on the, the state of your floors right now. Uh, you know, I'd have to see it. Now, some of them, some people can look past that, you know what I mean? And they'll, you know, they'll, you can put in the, the listing, you know, they'll, some realtors put in like a $3,000 floor allowance. Well, technically you can't do that. That's just saying, okay, we'll automatically take three grand off the price because we know our floors look like crap. That's pretty much what mm-hmm. that statement says. Um you know, some people are able to say, okay, yep, we'll accept that. But then pretty much all you're doing is you're getting your purchase price down, but they still sure. need that money out of pocket to, you know, fix, yeah. fix and, the floors. And then the odds are, are they just going to try to get the price down and not fix the floors and just throw a couple of rugs on it? I mean, you don't yeah, know that. You don't, you don't know, but that's, you know, up for negotiation. So, but, you know, if you go with a nice, neutral, quality flooring, I am not a fan of the click-together flooring mm-hmm. laminate. Um, the newer ones are are okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a new uh, vinyl planking. My house, like I said, my house is six years old, and I had to hand scraped wood through my dining room and kitchen and carpet in my living room. I already ripped all that out, and I redid my whole main level with this. Um, it's about eighth inch thick, or maybe even a little more, and it's a vinyl planking, and it is so durable. And I was walking around to different stores with like a razor blade knife trying to cut the samples and scratch it. And this stuff was awesome. Um, so you're the guy. Yeah. If you see samples <laughs> that are all scratched up, yeah, that was me. Um, but I want to know what I'm getting. You know what I mean? I want quality materials. Sure, so sure. if I'm going to spend the time and money to do it, I want to make sure I'm getting the best stuff. Mm-hmm. Are you a pet owner? I am. Yep. Dogs, cats, both. I got a three-year-old fat little bulldog. Oh, well. Yes. Mm-hmm. All she does is sleep all day. Yeah. And uh, it, that makes a difference when you're looking for a house, uh, fenced in yard, uh, yeah. maybe neighbors that aren't on, you know, that hate pets and that kind of stuff. <laughs> or kids. You have one of those? <laughs> I, I'm working with a lady right now who is moving because uh, their neighbor has a daycare. Okay. And it's an at-home daycare. Not sure if it's licensed or what, but the mm-hmm. other day she came home. And some of the daycare kids had crawled through her doggy door and were sitting in her hallway eating oh, crackers. Oh, boy. <laughs> she's, she's like, every place we go look at, she's like, are there many kids in this neighborhood? <laughs> Is there a daycare around? <laughs> when when uh, I bought my first house in Grand Forks, uh, we used to have a little neighbor kid. I believe it was the neighbor's grandkid. All of a sudden, he'd be standing in my kitchen telling me, I want a freezy pop. Yeah. <laughs> it's like... How the hell did you get in here? <laughs> that's, that's, give me a freezy pop. <laughs> that's the way my neighborhood is right now. So, mm-hmm. little neighbor boy always brings over stuff. He has his little razor. Oh yeah, bike. scooter. So, yep. Yep. The the motorcycle battery type and oh yeah, he keeps hitting stuff and the chain keeps falling off. So he'll push it over. Adam, can you fix this for me? So I take it apart and put the chain back on it. And, uh, do you guys have any kids? Yeah, I got a, a ten and six year old daughter. So. Okay, and, and it's nice to be in a neighborhood with kids when oh, you've yeah, got it's kids. Awesome. Uh, kind of can you know once you trust your neighbors and get to know your neighbors, uh, it, it seems like there's less and less of the whole neighborhood thing anymore because 
Well, his face at times have changed a little bit. Yeah. Well, I must be trusting because every kid in the neighborhood's at my house every day, all day, and it's you know. Yep. Well, that's yeah. a good thing. Well. Yeah. Well, we have the trampoline, and the swing set. Oh, the the, you got all the good oh, yeah. kid stuff. The, we got all the fun stuff. Yeah. You know? so. Yeah. Um, Adam Helgeson, anything else you want to touch on here before we wrap this thing up today? No, I just you know thank the community. I was the top producer for Berkshire last month. So oh, thanks. nice. Yeah. Thanks. I think I've. Did that in January, April, and June so far this year. So well, talking to you, I can kind of see why. Yeah, it's been it's been good, and hope this is actually my first year being a full time realtor. Otherwise, before I was just doing it part time with the mm-hmm. military. So it's nice to get in full time, and yeah, it's all right. And again, if uh, somebody wants to contact Adam Helgeson at Berkshire Hathaway, uh, phone numbers, websites, Facebook, yeah. any of that stuff. Spit it all out. Well, yeah, I got you can find me on on Facebook. I got my personal profile. You can add me as a friend. I have my Berkshire Hathaway page. Um, I have my own website, homesbyhelgeson.com. Okay. Uh, if you go search on there, I have my own listings. And then at the bottom, there's a. I have my own app. You can download my app and uh, you know search listings on there. Um, you can call me in my cell seven zero one three one seven seventeen fifty. I always have it on me. I had someone texting me at like. Went in the morning the other day, and I was like, really? But I responded. Life of a realtor. Yeah, the wife gets mad because I'm always on my phone, but I'm like, hey, <laughs> that's my moneymaker. So. Oh, yeah, what's he wearing? Khakis. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, different call. <laughs> <laughs> um, enjoyed having you on the show. Yeah, uh, learned a lot, me. actually, and um, we want to get you back again. So yeah, uh, we keep doing this weekly thing. Uh, hopefully, we'll have Adam Helgeson back. And uh uh, good luck with the family, and again, thanks for your time in the military. Oh, no, and, I um, really enjoyed it. It went. Uh, I was just going to do three years and get out, and I can't believe I'm retired already. I don't. I don't feel that old. But, yeah, uh, you know, it's nice being what, 39 and retired. Yeah, I couldn't imagine. <laughs> I could not imagine. All right, there you go. Uh, again, thanks, Adam Helgeson. He's with Berkshire Hathaway. Uh, you know how to get a hold of him if you're looking to buy or sell your home. He's the guy to call. All right. Uh, We're going to take a little break. Stay tuned. Uh, Sharon Updahl's coming on the studio here in just a little while. Going to talk about the uh, annual garden tour and plant sale. And don't forget also John Bernstrom will be in at about 1230 this afternoon. And that's going to wrap up our weekly Berkshire Hathaway weekly podcast. Again, make sure you like, share, and tag us. We're Grand Forks' best source, giving Grand Forks an identity again. 